Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life and football are very similar. Without an identity, you will not achieve your ultimate prize. Defense wants championships. Pride and passion meet success. You gotta love what you do. Thank you for listening to the East West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and now here is your host, Fidel Barraza. Thank you for listening to a live edition of the East West Football Podcast. I am Fidel Barraza. Alongside with me, Jerry Martinez, and also the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee State Tigers, Hugh Jackson. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Coach, you're mo- you moved to Tennessee, right? So, uh, I-, I don't know. I mean, you tell us, have you tried the barbecue? Is it, is it good there? I mean, what is Tennessee known for, right? Now, I want you to know, I did try the barbecue. It's really good. But I went to a place <laughs> the other day called, uh, I think it's Two Dogs. I had the best chili dog I've ever had in my life. Wow. <laughs> I need to write that down. Bucket list <laughs> but, well, Coach, that's good information to know if we ever visit Tennessee, which we will we next will. year. Visit your Love games to have you guys so. out. Please we'll, do. We will be there. All right. So it's been a little bit since we talked to everyone out there. Again, everyone out there, thank you for listening, tuning in. If you guys have any questions, make sure you drop those comments. We'll go ahead and read those out loud. But let's first, let's talk about the schedule release. So the NFL release schedule about two weeks ago. Uh, the teams with the most primetime games are the Green Bay Packers, Kansas City Chiefs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dallas Cowboys, Pittsburgh Steelers, San Francisco 49ers, New Orleans Saints, Baltimore Ravens, and Seattle Seahawks. Gentlemen, what games are you guys looking forward to the most this year? Coach, you want to go ahead? Well, uh, yeah, I'll go ahead. I mean, obviously, I'm surprised, Fidel, that the Cleveland Browns didn't have more primetime games. That's number one. Uh, I was really uh, surprised at that because they have a very stocked team returning, uh, and they did a great job in free agency. They did a great job in the draft, so that surprised me. But the game that I'm most looking forward to watching, obviously, is uh, the New England Patriots versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Obviously, Tom Brady going back to Foxborough. A uh, place where he helped build, uh, won a lot of championships there against uh, his coach uh, because he is his coach, Bill Belichick. And uh, watching that team compete, uh, knowing that New England's gotten better, they've added some real pieces to their football team. But also, here's the defending champs uh, with Tom Brady walking in Foxborough. So that's going to be interesting. Jerry, man, uh, I you know I have to I have to pencil in that game. The uh, the kid. Right off, uh, also with the opener with the Cowboys Buccaneers. I mean, 
I think the NFL did an amazing job as far as putting together a great season, great games. Um, you know, I just feel bad for, like I was saying, for Fox, right? Because if the NFC East has another year, down year like last year, oh, man, those ratings are not going to be as good. But, man, one of the games that I, I low-key want to watch is the uh, the Jets and the uh, Panthers. I mean, looks like almost like a revenge game, right? So the Jets are trying to... You know, they're going to face off against Sam Darnold, their, their previous quarterback. And then you got uh, Matt Rule, who was supposed to go with the Jets. But then, I don't know, he played some kind of shenanigans and ended up with the Panthers. So, I, I you know, I think they're just interesting storylines. And, and I think these are just some of the games that I'm going to be tuning into very closely. I mean, the, the whole schedule is great. Uh, first game stands out is that Thursday night kickoff game. Uh, Dallas Cowboys at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's going to be a really great game. And then obviously Coach touched on it, uh, Tampa Bay going to New England and the, uh, playing the Patriots, Tom's former team. That should be a really good one. Tickets for that one are going for a lot of money. I think the cheapest ticket you can get <laughs> is $1,800. So I think everyone might stay home. I know they'll probably have fans there, but a lot of people will probably just stay home and watch on their nice TV at home. And then also, you guys see the shield behind me, Raider Shield. I'm looking forward to that Thanksgiving game when they play against the Dallas Cowboys. So that oh, should be man. a really great game. It's great. Absolutely. That's, that's going to be a great game. It is. It's the like a classic rivalry right there with two of the most telling teams right in the NFL. So mm-hmm. I, I'm looking forward to it. I know the Cowboys disappoint me. I know the first person that's going to let me hear it. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's the good thing about this entire. You know story. it. <laughs> and, you know, I'll, I'll take it easy off of Dell. The Cowboys come away with that win. Yeah, if you don't hear from me, it's probably when they lost, right? So. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. So Julio Jones of the Atlanta Falcons, it looks like they were looking to trade him for cap reasons. Uh, report came out yesterday. Teams that are interested in Julio Jones are uh, the Chargers, Patriots, Niners, Titans, as reported so far. Now, my question to you guys is, will the Falcons trade Julio Jones? And if they do, to who? I think they will. I mean, I think, you know, I always say where there's smoke, there's smoke. And so it's coming out, it's seeping out that they're looking to move him. And I understand why they can't pay him. Uh, Now is the time to get something for him. He's still seen as one of the premier receivers in the National Football League. I really think the team's the Titans because I think it gives them a chance to really elevate their offense to a whole nother level. Uh, They have a a good quarterback. Uh, They have an offensive line. They have a big-time runner. Uh, boy, that would be a tremendous get for the Titans if they could add him to their offensive football team because I think it would make them one of the better offenses in football. And, uh, you, Coach, you said it very well. I think that Titans are one of those wild card teams that are willing to give away a part away with a, a first-round pick or, you know, draft picks to get that type of player. Um, I Real quick, just to kind of touch on this, can you imagine – if the Green Bay Packers were to just suck up their pride and say, you know what, let's just bring in this player for Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. With that, well, I mean, Coach, if, I, I know this is just wishful thinking, but do you think that this would help the the Packers just get over that hump to be able to get into the Super Bowl? Oh, no doubt. I mean, when you compare him with the other very Devontae. good receiver that I had, Devontae Adams, and that's what I was thinking about Tennessee, your parent, and with A.J. Brown. I mean, you got some tremendous weapons there now. And obviously got as a defensive coach, that's a nightmare for you. So you're right. There's no question about that. 
Oh, man. But let's look at it. Julio Jones has been a dog. I mean, that guy, I mean, he has not let any defensive back come away with an interception easily. <laughs> He's put up some monster numbers. He's been a great pro, uh, a great Falcon. Uh, it's unfortunate that it's coming down to the wire uh, like this. But, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, hopefully the Falcons can start to prepare now that they got Cal Pitts. I, I guess they're feeling that they can kind of use Cal Pitts in that same mold or shape as Julio. Uh, wherever Julio ends up, I mean, it's kind of hard to kind of choose uh, one team to say that's the perfect fit, right? Because I think that Julio is the perfect prototypical wide receiver that you want in the NFL. You know, I think he still has a good two, three years left, maybe even four years left in his in his tank. So wherever he goes, he's going to make some – he's going to put up some numbers and he's going to help that team uh, off on, uh, offensively and the rush and the running game. So mm-hmm. we'll see where we'll see where, where, where it goes from here. A source in Southern California did tell me that the Chargers are trying to trade for Julio Jones, and they're working on a deal as we speak. Wow! Um, so if you if you can imagine Justin Herbert with Julio Jones and Keenan Allen and all the young receivers that the Chargers have, Fidel, wow. think about that. Jerry and Fidel, think about what we're talking about, and this one of the biggest reasons why the players push back so much. Julio Jones is not going to be able to possibly finish his career at Atlanta. You know, a place drafted him and now all of a sudden he needs to move on. And that's why the players are trying to push a little bit more uh, back against National Football League about going where they want to go. Uh, Because I think, again, this is on the tail end of his career. We all know players get older, uh, but they give so much to the organization. And then all of a sudden the organization can say, bye, we'll see you later. And uh, I think that's that's a problem. Do you think that in the future maybe that changes, Coach? I do. I think at some point in time when these guaranteed contracts for the National Football League players come in, it'll make a huge impact on, you know, players being able to stay as long as they want to in one place. And I think until that happens, I don't see the change. But I do hear that people are working on getting more uh, guaranteed contracts for the NFL players. Yeah. Also, Tennessee does make a lot of sense. Arthur Smith is coming from Tennessee as the offensive coordinator. The relationship is there. So that might be another team that we have to look out for as far as the Julio Jones trade. But speaking of trades, how can we forget about the most disgruntled quarterback in the NFL? Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, we know the reports. We've seen them all. He wants out of Green Bay. Now, my question to you guys is, does Green Bay actually trade Aaron Rodgers? And if so, to who? Oof. I think this is a very toxic situation. You know, uh, I think this is a a great analogy uh, to use at this point. Right. I I think that Aaron Rodgers is either, either he's going to, he's going to retire or they're, or they're going to give him money. uh, A lot of it. Or, you know, cause I I think that wherever, if he gets traded, (laughs) he's going to beat them. You know, he's going to turn around. He's going to come back. He's going to beat the Packers. He's going to make them look bad. And and look at look at Tom Brady. I mean, look at look at the situation with Tom Brady. Who is to think you leave your your team that you've been for with tw- what was it twenty years with the Patriots? Nineteen, I think. Nineteen, and on your in your twentieth year, you leave and you go to one uh, a new team, yeah, right, and you come away with the Super Bowl. I mean, that's just insane. I think that Aaron Rodgers has that effect. I think Aaron Rodgers can play strongly for an, for another four years. I think that he could play well into his 40s. So I think uh, Packers need to just pay up. Pay up. I think uh, I think that ultimately that's what it comes down to is the, is the money. 
I totally agree with you. I think uh, when you think of um, him leaving and going somewhere else, it, it's really unimaginable to me, first and foremost. When you think about Green Bay and what he's done in Green Bay, now he's only won one Super Bowl, but at the same time, he's seen as arguably one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. Um, their big question, I think, is going to be is, and they don't know, what did we draft a year ago? Is the love kid ready to play? And, he, and, yeah. and will he you know, again, scale into the future and be the type of player that Aaron Rodgers is. And if he's not, well, I, I think it's hard to make that decision because the locker room knows. They know, everybody knows the type of quarterback Aaron Rodgers is. You know there's confidence when you go into every game that you can win. You don't know that about Jordan. You know, so I think from a executive standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, from a team standpoint, they don't want to lose him. But Again, we're talking about another player that's on the end of his career, you know, and so you got to start getting ready for the future. But did they make the right pick with Jordan Love? And I think that's what it's going to come down to. A while back, I thought he would be traded. Now that it hasn't happened, I really don't think they will move him. Um, There are several teams that would love to have him. But I think at the same time, um, if you're Green Bay, you can't let this player out, you know, if you expect to win. But coach, I mean, at what point though is just just too much? I mean, let's just think about it as from the from the view of the Green Bay Packers. This is year two of this going on. I know you kind of put yourself in this situation by drafting Jordan Love, but I mean, at what point you say, "All right, you know what? You don't want to play here. Let's get him out." You know, Fidel, I think that's a great question. When is it too much? It's too much when I think it affects the, the team. You know, when we're talking about executives, that is what it is. I mean, they live in a whole different vacuum than the football team. You know, you got some some men who go out there and put it on a line week in and week out to win. And so if you don't put them in a position to win, then you hurt your whole football team. So I think they have to make a a real um, intentional decision about where they want to go. Uh, for the future. And if Aaron Rodgers is going to be the future for the next couple of years, if it's just a one-year thing, you need to move on. If he's going to play for the next two to three years so you can go find that quarterback and start to really evaluate Jordan Love because there was no preseason, right? There wasn't much. Yeah. Of, I mean, it was a little bit, but there wasn't much of anything last year to be able to judge him in the offseason, no long, you know, big, strong preseason. I mean, there was a lot going on last year. So, I think you better take that time and make sure you know what you have before you let this player go. What do you think, Jerry? Man. When is it too much? And the Packers just say, you know what? You don't want to be here. Let's ship him out. <laughs> Man, I think I think the only coach that ever really was well known for for doing that to his players was Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think, Walker. Yeah, uh, Herschel Walker. Uh, yeah. I mean. Uh, there was one where I think the guy just made a boneheaded play during the game, and he cut him. Uh, ler- literally, as soon as the game was over, he cut him. He said, "Get out of here! You're, you don't fit. You don't fit in this team." So uh, it's kind of hard, right? Because who, I I I think I heard this analogy being used earlier in the week. Who wants that blood on their hands, man? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Look at Brett. Look at the Brett Favre uh, situation. Uh, I, that 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 was that still hit a lot of Packer fans, you know, a lot uh, of Packer nation. I mean, it's in the early stages, but I mean, it's kind of looking similar to that situation. Uh, I mean, the the I I think the problem is that there's not a real owner there, you know. Uh, yeah. You, you, you got you got a bunch of shareholders, and then you got a president. So you know, 
the president has a vision for the future, uh, obviously, and and he's still trying to win with what the pieces he has right now. But he has a vision for the future, and he's trying to build towards that future, which is understandably understandable. But I mean, the thing is, is I think that if you re- if you had a strong personality coach that could go in there and sit down and and just have a talk with him and just be like, look, off the record, this is. This is what's going on, man. I mean, talk. Let's just talk this out. You know, I think that this would maybe help out uh, uh, a ton. But the thing is that, I mean, Lafleur. I mean, he's he's still a, a relatively new head coach. I mean, he's he's barely starting to see. You know, he's good. He's he's a good X and O kind of coach. But I mean, we've never really seen him. I mean, we haven't seen him coach. Uh, be a head coach for in, in the NFL for for years and years and years. So it's it's one of those things where a rods just not respecting it. But yeah, there is a time when enough is enough. And I mean, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been doing it like you said. How long, Fidel? A couple, a couple uh, years now. Sixteen years. Well, I mean, he's been with Packers sixteen years, but it's going on year two now. You yeah. can almost say year three because the last year with Mike McCarthy wasn't yep. the best year either. So. Yeah, I mean, to me, look, if the Packers' best opportunity to trade Aaron Rodgers was during the draft, they didn't pull the trigger for whatever reason. Um, but you probably would have got the most at that point. Now, right now, do you still do it? I don't know. It's May 22nd. It's only three months away from the preseason. So, I mean, can you really afford to trade a quarterback at this point when you don't even know what you have in Jordan Love? <sighs> Coach, you gotta. I mean, you gotta. You gotta tell everybody when you're in the NFL, you're you're here to win the Super Bowl. That's that's your goal every single year. I mean, yes or no? You oh, there's no doubt. I mean, you start these plans, especially before the draft, that if you can get these pieces on the team, that you're gonna have a chance to be standing in that big game at the end of the year. That's everybody's goal and aspirations. That's the organization's goal. That is definitely the players' goals, and so you have to do everything you can to make that happen. When you don't, um, it shows itself really quickly to those people in the building, first and foremost. Coach, let me put you in the—I don't want to say hot seat, but in the chair, I guess you can say—of Matt Lafleur. So you have a disgruntled quarterback. He said he wants to trade. He does not want to play for your team anymore. What do you do? I'm going to spend as much time as I can digging into what is the feeling that's making him feel. Wait, is it a coaching staff issue? Is it an upper management issue? Because if it's an upper management issue, maybe I can help impact it a little. I probably yeah. can't overall, but if it's a team issue, if there's a coaching issue, I can definitely impact that. So if I can just help it be a little bit better, maybe I can convince this player to stay, especially when it's a very, very talented player. Um, but if I can't, then obviously if the organization say we got to move on, then we have to move on. All right, we shall see what happens with the Aaron Rodgers saga in Green Bay. Let's talk about Tim Tebow, a name that a couple weeks ago we didn't even think about mentioning in the same sentence as NFL. Well, he just signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So my question to you guys is, is this just like a publicity stunt or is this an actual real signing and you guys think he'll make the final 55-man roster? Man, twenty twenty. Was crazy year, man, and I guess 2021 is kind of. Some people want to kind of. Some people still want to bring 2020 to 2021, right? So, or I mean, better yet, Jerry, uh, when was the last year he played? 2013, 2014. <laughs> it's been a, it's been it's been a hell of a ride, man. I mean, he's what 33 years old, and and 
They asked him to do this move early on, and he wanted to be a quarterback, which is, you know, I understand, especially at that young age, you know, and and, and people preach it to you to this day. It doesn't matter what age uh, you are, right? You know, be who 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 you set out to be, right? I mean, don't let nobody tell you who you are and who you're not, right? Uh, so, you know, I got you. Got to give Tebow some props. He he did have some some magical moments, right? When he did play um, quarterback, but you know, it, it's just one of these things where, man, I just think that this is this is the wrong kind of situation to to be flirting with. I, I think that. It's it's very clear. It's very evident that, you know, for whatever reason, Urban Meyer maybe feels indebted to Tim Tebow for what the success that they had maybe at Florida. Uh, but this is this is this is not what I would want um, to be I, when I see an organization, especially with a bright future with their with their, I mean, with the, a generational quarterback and. Um, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, this is not one way to start off a a, a new re, uh, re, um, regime, mm-hmm. and um, and 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 allow your quarterback to to take the to be the leader. You know, and I don't know, man. This is this is a weird situation, but here we are, and uh, we're we're gonna see what 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 if Tim Tebow. I mean, does officially make the team? That's that's uh, that's an uphill battle. I don't understand why he just didn't make him like a positional coach or some kind of quality assurance coach to kind of help him stay involved. But I don't understand why he'd want to leave that nice job he had with SEC Network, man. Coach, what do you well, think? It's amazing. I, I Obviously, I'm going to respond first to what Jerry was saying. I think he leaves because football is passion, and he's really going to go work for a guy that he knows, and, and, and exactly he knows exactly what this guy's looking for. So that's why I think he did it. I hear they're next door neighbors. This wow. just doesn't smell right at all to me. You have a player who was drafted as a quarterback years ago. He's 34 plus years old, yeah. never played the position. Um, I think that's a problem in your locker room. I think it's a problem on your coaching staff. Why do you do this? You don't have to. I think somebody alluded to the strength coach he brought in. And now you can double down and bring it in Tim Tebow. Look, these players are there to win. We just said that a second ago. So you're bringing a player on a team who really should not have a chance of making the team. How does he make the team? I mean, you're going to sign him as, as as a tight end. There's there, there's other tight ends that play the position that are going to be out there when the final cuts happen, you know? Yeah. And so you're keeping him for what? For, for personal security so that so the guy can talk to you. What is it? But I think you said best, if that's what you wanted, make him an assistant coach. Make him a special assistant if you want to. But to put him on the football team and say he's going to play tight end, I don't think anybody understands the issue that that's going to cause on your football team because the players know. I don't care how hard he plays, how hard he tries, or what he says, they know he's never played tight end. That's a problem. And coach, I already think that's it's already been a problem in the locker room. There's been various reports out saying that some of the players they don't agree with the signing. I mean, to me, it's it's a favor from a friend. That's what it is to me. Yes. Uh, if he makes the roster, we don't know. Uh, more than likely, he's not going to. But he'll probably be signed on to the practice uh, squad. So, uh, just a very crazy situation. He, him just retiring from Major League Baseball a couple weeks back, and then reports surface that he wants to make an NFL comeback. 
But think about what you just said, Fidel. He may not make the team, but he may even get signed on as a uh, as a freaking um, um, practice squad. Uh, yeah, practice squad guy. How does that happen? Yeah. Your practice squad is just a week away from playing. I mean, just an inch away from being on the field. You can't. I mean, those are pieces of gold over there. You need those guys. They're not just guys that help you practice. They're guys that you develop that are going to play. If somebody gets injured, you move them up. And so now you're going to give him a legitimate chance as a roster spot? I mean, I think that's even a bigger problem. And if he does get signed to the practice squad, it will be a ripple effect in their locker room because there's going to be some other player, maybe even another position that's more talented than him. And all of a sudden, you keep him over somebody else. That's that's a problem. Will we see Tim Tebow in the regular season for the Jacksonville Jaguars? No. I would say no. I think I think if if I think that it's very slim though. Uh, uh, if anything, you could blame the Saints for this move, right? Because <laughs> of the, I mean, the Saints brought in you know uh, Taysom Hill, right? And and look at the way they use them. They use them. They use them all over the field and. And you know, if anything, I think that would be the only justification that that you would probably hear from Urban Meyer. You know, well, Jerry, think, think about this though, and I agree with what you're saying, but this guy's not four or five. He's not, not four or five. five. And not. Trevor and Trevor Lawrence is a better runner athlete oh, yeah. than this guy. So you're going to use him for what? You know, you already took Travis Atn and made him a receiver. You know, yeah. so what what are we doing here? You know, so you go you got to take. Trevor Lawrence side of the game and put in Tim Tebow to do some yeah. specialty stuff. Are you That's kidding crazy. me? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's no. crazy. I, I, you know, honestly, they have a good wide receiver corpse too. Like you said, ETN is now a wide receiver. You got a, a stud running back. You found him. Like you literally found them for pennies for the dollar, but now he's a, he's an actual stud running back in the yeah. NFL, right? In Robinson. And then you still got DJ Chark. And then you got LaVisca Chanel, who last year, I mean, he was your gadget player, the one that did it all. He was even playing. I saw him even take uh, snaps at quarterback. So mm-hmm. it, it, to me, it's just kind of more of a, a – it's turning into more of a circus there with Jacksonville. I wish it would just concentrate on Trevor Lawrence and allow him to grow to be his own man and take take lead of that team, you know. I, I think that this is not good for it. But, you know, every to, to each his own. And Urban Meyer obviously has his own philosophy or, you know – his way of the highway type mentality. I don't know what it yeah. is. I think we will at least see one snap of Tim Tebow in the regular season with Jacksonville Jaguars. Wow. At least oh. one. We'll see. That's a I'm, ready. I'm, willing to, I'm willing to bet you on that one for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, right. Co- Coach, let's talk after the show. We'll, we'll see what we can want to do. Yeah, I was going to say, you should put some money on that sucker. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about Mac Jones. So being drafted by the New England Patriots, we know the starting quarterback there is Cam Newton. My question to you guys is, do we see Mac Jones playing the regular season? And if he does go in, does Cam Newton go back in? Ooh, man, that's a great question, Fidel. It's unfortunate that we have to, you know, we have to actually come to this reality, right? And the thing is that Cam Newton has been so special. He's been a special player since he, you know, since he, you know, those days at Auburn uh, to what everything he, I mean, that man sacrificed his body for the Carolina Panthers and it broke down on him. And, you know, he's tried to re, re rebuild it. And last year we saw him kind of go down with the whole COVID-19 and, 
And, uh, you know, there were some times where he just looked like he was kind of hurt or he still didn't look like he was in it. And if he has one of those situations there, Mac Jones comes into place. I, this is a very likely situation. I mean, just because of the, uh, you know, injury concern, you know, um, I think that, of course, the easy, easy question. I mean, the, the easy answer to your question would be if Mac Jones and the answer would be if Mac Jones lights it up, I don't think. Cam Newton gets his job back. Um, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, the, the, the coaching staff is is really trying to tailor an offense uh, to both quarterbacks. Obviously, we have two different types of quarterbacks here, right? We have Mac Jones, who's more of a, a system-type quarterback, which is what Tom Brady was not for being, right? And we have Cam Newton, who's a, an unconventional superstar playmaking quarterback that can fight and biting whatever it takes to get that that first down or that touchdown to win right so um i would i would have to say in this case if uh, if cam hopefully cam can have a great season and and stay injury free if cam can stay healthy i don't think mac jones sees the, the field but if he goes down i do think that mac jones uh takes over and um uh, it's going to be very hard for cam Newton to get his job back how would have to uh, side with Jerry? I think um, if, if uh, Mac ends up in the game and plays, uh, one thing we all know about him is that he's going to be pinpoint accurate and he's going to complete the football. Uh, that's what he's what he's known to do. That's what he's done over his career at Alabama. Um, and I think that's the difference between him and Cam Newton. Obviously, Cam Newton still somewhat possesses the ability to run with the ball in the scoring zone and score touchdowns. Whereas I think Mac will make up for that with his ability to put the ball in other people's hands. So um, he comes out of a passing background. Uh, I think they're building a team that's going to allow them to run the football, but when they need to throw it, which they will have to in the National Football League, you have to have a guy that can complete balls in critical moments. And I think that's what Mac will bring to him. So I think if he ever gets in and plays, I think he'll be uh, the quarterback for the Patriots from now on. I mean, we saw what the New England Patriots did in the offseason in free agency. I mean, signing Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, you name it. They probably signed the player, right? So, I mean, this is a perfect situation for Cam. But I think an even better one for a young quarterback in Mac Jones. He had a lot of weapons in Alabama, and we saw what, what he was able to do. I mean, to me, I, I think the New England Patriots are going to win the AFC East. And for that to happen, I think Cam Newton does have to be in there. Wow. I like that. I like that. Coach, can I ask you on on, on Mac Jones? Mm-hmm. Do you see? I mean, from your observations and and what you saw, you know, leading up into him being selected by the Patriots, do you see the similarities of him being a Jimmy G clone? Huh. Or, what, or what is it about this prospect that that you could tell that he'll have a long career in the NFL? I think he doesn't get too high, too low. I think he's a better athlete than we think he is. Um, Jimmy G is not this, you know, blow you out of the water athlete either. But he had anticipation and passing skills and he could complete the ball. Well, that's who that's who Mac Jones is, you know. So they're going to build a system around the quarterback in order to get him a chance to have success throwing the football. You know, there's a saying in the National Football League, you know, you throw the score, you run the win, you know. So I think that's the type of team the Patriots are building. And I think this young man fits the mold. You know, he's thrown the ball to some exceptional wide receivers in college. 
he has some guys to fire at this year that might not be as talented as the guys he played with. But if they can catch it, he's going to put it in a vicinity to give them a chance. Yeah, Bill Parcells must have sold his soul, sold his soul or something, man. I tell you, <laughs> for him to have a dynasty, and then I think he's going to be able to coach for a couple more years now with Mac Jones. I'm mm-hmm. just telling you right now. So, wow, what a story. What, what, what great storylines we talked about. And now let's talk about my favorite pick in the first round, the Chicago Bears drafting quarterback Justin Fields, quarterback out of Ohio State. Man, I love Obviously, that but we know who QB number one is, Andy Dalton, former Dallas Cowboys quarterback in Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, Mike- man. Red Rifle, man. Coach, tell us about Red Rifle, man. The Red Rifle, I think, is a – I mean, obviously, he'll go down in Bengals history as one of the better quarterbacks to play there. He won a lot of games. And, consistent. Uh, he was uh, very consistent and one with a a very talented cast around him. And I think at the time in his career, had the right coaches for him. I think people don't understand how important that is uh, for a quarterback to have the right people. You look at uh, Patrick Mahomes, you look at the different quarterbacks around National Football League, they thrive in the right system with the right coaches, with the right people. He goes to Dallas and doesn't play as well. You know, people wonder why. Well, the coaching is different. Um, now he's going to be with a familiar coach who kind of knows who he is that's in Chicago, but he's not the play caller. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I think there's no, in my mind, I know the question that's asked, I think Justin Phillips plays. And I think he plays and I think he plays well because you have a very talented passer who's also a very talented runner. Uh, Andy understands how to get out of things and get away from things, but he doesn't have the foot quickness is this young man. And I think this kid's arm might be bigger. He's stronger. He's faster. And I'll say again, the players see that. They didn't draft him in the first round for nothing. You know, at some yeah. point in time, you, you got to play him, you know, and let him play. Yeah, I mean, to me, this this is pretty similar to when the Raiders drafted Derek Carr in the second round and they had signed a Matt Schaub in the offseason. So during the whole preseason, we saw when Matt Schaub was in compared to Derek, and it was obvious Derek Carr was the better quarterback. So this reminds me a lot of that situation. So I think Justin Fields is going to beat Andy Dalton during the preseason, and he's going to be the starting quarterback week one. Wow. I I mean, look, I'll tell you this. I'm just I'm just super stoked for the for this young man. I I, I love his game. I love his attitude. I love I just love his personality. You know, and shame on those that 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 try to 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 put him down during the draft process. Shame on them. I mean, I understand this kid. I mean, this kid is a is a fighter. Uh, he deserves to be you know mentioned up there with Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson's. <clears throat> I tell you, the Chicago Bears their for their fortunes changed. And if the if the if that head coach and GM are not in place next year or or in the, in the next couple of years, whatever coach gets this this gets this job is going to absolutely love this quarterback he's going to mm-hmm. he's going to bring a different style you know that blue collar mentality but still a superstar uh effect and uh man he's going to he's going to bring back he's going to help this uh bear nations bear how they say it bear down bear down bear down <laughs> so uh, i'll tell you this much right now uh it's not going to take very long for him to see the field i don't know if it'll be week one Right, I think that uh, it probably be about week two, week three when when they start seeing Andy Dalton, maybe perhaps, uh, you know, struggle. You know, I, I just think that uh, not that not that Andy Dalton can't get it, but you know that it's going to take some unfortunate. It's going to be unfortunate for Andy Dalton because 
that offensive line needs at least one, two weeks to gel together. And, you know, and then in that process, Andy Dalton's going to be out there. And, you know, that's kind of when you can expect maybe for perhaps Justin Fields to be in there. Unless he really, uh, uh, and and this is the this is the situation. Justin Fields has that ability to just beat out anybody in the uh, you know in, in the mini camps. So I think that if he, you know, you, you go into it and there's a a real quarterback battle, I think that Justin Fields will win. And that and and week one, it, it's very possible. Why wait? The future's here. Let's go. <laughs> Start on week one. Bear down, man. So bear down, and, and look, and then also what the pick tells me is that Matt Nagy is going to have another couple of years at least to be the coach of the Bears because that's Nagy. what that pick told me. Man, he lucked out, man. He really did luck out. I'll tell you this much right now. All right, well, guys, any final thoughts before we end this live podcast? It's always great to see you guys. I appreciate <laughs> all your support. Uh, you guys do an awesome job, really talking about football and what's going on in today's football. I think there's going to be a lot of um, subplots this year. You know, we talk about the teams, the schedule, uh, who's going to play quarterback at certain places, who's going to get traded. There's a lot that's going to happen between now and training camp, you know, so it's going to be interesting. I still think the COVID issue is still there. You know, it's just how's everybody going to handle this uh, as they continue to move on? I think things are loosening up, but how loose will they be in the National Football League? I think it's going to determine a lot. So, I'm looking forward to seeing just how this year really plays out. Hey, Coach, uh, uh, before we get off and sign up, how, how can how can our viewers or anybody that's tuned in, how can they how can they make sure that they don't uh, they're able to catch a game, uh, one of your games, you know, that you're coaching this year? You know, I'm going to find out because I know last year they played quite a few games on TV, you know, and yeah. that was because there was quite a few games that wasn't being played. So. I'm not sure what that's going to look like this year, but I think the draw of Deion Sanders and and obviously with uh, Eddie George now being the head coach here at TSU, I think there's going to be more interest. We play the second game of the season against each other in Memphis, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to what they're going to show about the HBCUs, knowing that no kid was drafted out of this conference a year ago when I think there's some very talented players in this conference. So I think uh, people's eyes are going to get open. Hopefully, we'll get the opportunities to be seen. But when I know, you guys will be the first to know. And, and it's crazy, right? Because you got—I mean—some notable names was was uh, Dominique Rogers Cromartie, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Jim Kelly, too, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm, oh yeah. If I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, definitely, we're going to tune in and and we'll make sure that uh, we'll let everybody know and and we'll we'll do we're we're definitely going to cover uh, on set on our Saturday college uh, show. We'll definitely cover cover that, but. Uh, Thank you so much, Coach, and we wish you the thank best you guys. this season, man. Coach, thank, thank you. you like always, and we'll we'll talk to you soon, and that way we can get everyone ready for the season next year. Absolutely. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. All right, with that being said, thank you, everyone out there, for watching and listening. Have a great weekend. Talk to you soon. I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interviews. 
Cast. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.